Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The following program has been pre-recorded. Thanks for tuning in this weekend to Let's Talk Portland, Odyssey Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxer, and this weekend, let's catch up on conservation and see what's happening with Portland Autobahn. On the show this time, I would like to welcome Stuart Wells, Executive Director, and Matthew Hushbeck, Assistant Director of Development from Portland Autobahn. Hey guys, welcome to Let's Talk Portland. Good afternoon, Gary. Thank you for inviting us, inviting me here. And I guess we invited Matthew too, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um. Let's talk about Portland Autobahn. Tell me, tell me everything I need to know. <laughs> There's a lot to know. Everything you need to know. Well, Portland Autobahn is an amazing organization that has been in Portland since uh, um, 120 years. Wow. Actually, this is 120 year um, anniversary at some point during this year. So we are a, an organization that is deeply involved in um landscape conservation, but all with a focus on bird species. And the reason for that is uh, uh, birds are an indicator species. That means if they're healthy and and migrating and the numbers are good, then it's a good indication that the the environment's doing very well. However, uh, what we've seen recently is that uh, is an impact on, on bird species and on the environment and their habitats. And we're seeing some reductions in bird species. So because of that, we take an approach that's looking at educating people and helping them understand their impact on the environment. Uh, We do uh, science as well, looking at, uh, especially community science, looking at how these birds that migrate there to to the organ are are faring, how they're doing, are are their nests, you know, viable. Uh, And we also look at education. You know, it's really critical to help people understand why um, or something that they may be doing might be impacting how animals are able to survive. Why are birds such an indicator? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One is that when climate change starts to happen, and it's been happening for a while, uh, these birds travel thousands of miles from one area that's, you know, moving into winter to an area where they can raise either fledge or raise their young. And what we see often is that the habitat when they arrive here is, has changed to the point where maybe the, the food that they might feed on and use to raise their young has, has 
gotten mature and has already fallen from the from the plants so they may not have enough food to raise their their young or the habitat's just not suitable for nesting when they arrive here it's been impacted by uh, human development or temperatures are too high or things like that so it's kind of um it's a good indicator of the health of these kinds of species that use different parts of the globe for their for their habitats are the birds going somewhere else or are they just uh, ceasing to exist. I hope that's not the case. In, in some cases, we've seen a, a huge loss of bird species in, uh, globally, and that is as a result of this cumulative impact. So, you know, they may not raise the same number of young each year because they don't have enough food to fledge or they may not have adequate nesting sites. And some species are choosing not to migrate because the temperature is warm enough where they live to, to be able to raise young, but that's a very different environment as, as well. And, and also it impacts the environment that they may have gone to because the presence of some of these bird species are their seed dispersers. So the, the you know, the berries or plants that they might eat, their droppings actually help disperse those plants. So there is an impact in, in the environment in each case. We're talking today with Portland Audubon and Matthew Hushback. Let me ask you this question. Education is a large part of what you guys do. Tell me, tell me about the education that Portland Audubon provides. Sure. Um, so Portland Audubon has a variety of different programs from youth to adult um, educational programming. We have youth camps in the summer, spring, and winter at Portland Audubon. Um, we have adult classes, both virtual and in-person. And one of the things that we did learn during the pandemic was in creating more accessibility to educational programming, um, continuing to offer those virtual programs is a critical component of our work. Um, we offer different birding outings and trips um, with our eco-tour trips, both internationally and um, throughout the United States. And we also have a lot of programs that are looking to address the barriers that are preventing people from accessing um, the outdoors. So we have our Green Leaders Program in partnership with the Hacienda CDC, where we um, hire five of uh, people who are a part of Hacienda's community and train them to be educators. And then they go back and provide over 100 hours of uh, youth education at Hacienda CDC. Um, and it's a really big part of our work. We're also looking at accessibility in a variety of ways from financial accessibility with our Bird Days of Summer program and um, sliding scale summer camps where people can pay um, what they can afford to go out and just enjoy birding and enjoy the outdoors. And we are also making sure that we think about accessibility from transportation to sites where we're doing outings for bird walks and um, nature outings, as well as um, the ability of people to experience those trips and making sure that we're communicating early and often um, how long people will have to be on their feet, how far they're going to be traveling on this different adventure, and how we can make sure that we are creating a broad scope of educational programming that is inclusive and welcoming to everyone so that they can all feel that connection to nature and be inspired to protect birds, wildlife, and wild places. What's it been like to be able to get back outside with groups of people? And after, gosh, maybe even a couple of years of not being able to do that, 
I bet people are super excited to get out and see what's going on in the world. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, I'm on in our development team and doing a lot of the event work. And I know as we have brought people back into in-person events, um, there's a lot of enthusiasm for the, those moments and making sure that we're being very thorough in our process. Um, but I know our education team has been really excited. And um, one of the coolest experiences at Portland Audubon is just seeing the enthusiasm of the campers that are up on our site especially during the summer when it's really very full of life in a vibrant community and just seeing how many, how excited the kids are just to go see a bat that's hanging out um, on at our land sanctuary. So. Yeah. That, I, that's so cool. As a kid, as an adult, it's even cool, you know? Yeah. Going absolutely. out and experiencing nature is one of the coolest things you can do. And we certainly have a lot of nature around here. Yes, indeed. Let me introduce Stuart Wells again. Uh, you're the executive director of Portland Audubon. Now, uh, we touched on it just a minute ago with Matthew, but um, being inclusive and diverse is really important to you guys. Tell me about that. Yeah, we, we believe that in environmental education and, and inclusivity is, is a critical component of our mission. Uh, as Matthew talked about, we, we offer a variety of education opportunities a sliding scale, free, a lot of free programs as well. But uh, the, the, I think the critical thing is reaching communities that we, you know, we like, uh, like the, uh, the green leadership program. In fact, one thing that's interesting about that, uh, as our, as the folks go through that program, they also get experience in, in being educators. And we're able to bring on a person this year from that training program. From that program as as part of our Audubon staff, so it's really one of the things we like to see as an incubator of environmental stewards, so to speak. Where are the most popular places uh, that you get to go explore with people? Um, you know, I'm I'm new to Portland, but I, I'm learning to explore. Uh, first of all, the 172 acres here we have on the sanctuary is a fantastic experience for folks that just wander around and do some casual birding, see some of the old growth that is here uh, that's been part of uh, Portland Audubon for its, for its existence. And the other places that Audubon, uh, Portland does work is on the, on the Rocky Coast. Uh, we do quite a bit of work in Mount here, at, at, in particular at the Wildlife Refuge as well. So, so there's all, you know, one of the things I found really exciting about moving to Portland was that it has all of the things that I love. You know, it has the ocean, it has the old growth forest, it has rivers, it has plenty of places to hike and camp. How excited are you to be in the Pacific Northwest? Where did you come from? I think I read Indiana, maybe? Um, I was born in Indiana, but I moved here from Phoenix, okay. Arizona, in June. So I have to say that was a good time to move from Phoenix, and it was a great time to be in Portland. So, yeah. So, what's your experience been like so far with Portland Audubon? It's very welcoming. It's really fantastic um, uh, group of people that live in the Portland area, and I'm learning more and more about Oregon and, and its habitats as well. Um, one thing I'm getting used to is that uh, it's a little grayer than in Phoenix, but <laughs> yeah, a little sometimes. Bit. <laughs> but that's okay, you know, because in in Phoenix 
we wished for gray days. <laughs> we would wish for rainy days. And here it's like, oh, we get rainy days. This is nice. So it's nice to see the seasons again. It's nice to see the various habitats that the birds enjoy that live here and being able to see the influx of bird species during our flyaway season during the, you know, the migration season as well. Yeah. Your uh, offices and, and building are up in Forest Park. Is that right? Yes, in the in the Forest Park area. Yes. Okay. And people, are you open to the public again? Yes, actually, we are open to the public, and the sanctuary, the, the area that people can hike on the trails, is has always been open and it's free. Okay. Uh, for for anyone to come in, and, and we also uh, encourage people to stop by our nature store and enjoy the very very. Uh, uh, diverse amount of kind of gifts and things that you can buy. We probably have the best collection of binoculars or glass in, in anywhere. I think very, very good collection. So Matthew, let me ask you uh, more about some of the programs that you guys offer at Portland Autobahn. Um, tell me about them. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of our work, is um, focused on conservation, as Stuart was mentioning earlier. Um, that is a key component of everything that we're doing. And it's not just in the Portland metro region, it's um, statewide. One of the biggest things that we're gonna be looking at and continuing to advocate for and um, was a, a decade ago, um, we established strategic marine reserves that um, protect 9% of our oceans, um, Oregon, uh, ocean. And with that, we are um, going back, it, it's going back to the legislature um, to, uh, I'm sorry, That's okay. um, to address the, um, yeah, I think that program is going to be updated in 2023. So okay. we have to look at, you know, we, our advocacy uh, program it ensures that these are these important uh, conservation of the Rocky coastline is being um, you know, maintain. So that, that uh, whole initiative of protecting that 9% we were talking about does come up for a legislative review in the next year. And so we're, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, we let people know that this is coming up and that, um, you know, it, it, your people's voice makes a difference in making sure that this is continued to be conserved. Yeah, we got to protect this area. It's so beautiful, right? Yeah, some of the species, uh, you know, on our, uh, the, the um, marble Merlet, uh, the, uh, the, uh, I'm looking at my notes because I can't remember <laughs> the, the puffin and there's, a, another, a couple other species, but one thing we're working on too, and you probably heard a little bit about this, Gary, is the offshore wind, you know, wind, wind, uh, uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's an important component for green energy. But there's the location that these are, are 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 placed in around the coast can impact habitats for some of these uh, some of this uh, ocean species of birds and in some cases seals. So we're working with the organizations there to strategically look at places where they can place these you know these green energy uh, wind turbines and not Im impact you know the habitat of these important species. Yeah, very big things on, on a large scale, but there's some really important things you're doing on a smaller scale too. I know in my neighborhood, there are several uh, yards, let's say uh, backyard. Um, yes, the backyard habitat. Yeah, program. that's it, backyard habitat in progress. It's, it's a fantastic program that grew out of our wildlife care center uh, observations and 
what we started with, I don't know, nine years ago with 150 backyards. And we now have about 9,000 that wow. are participating in the Backyard Habitat Program. So it's, it's an incredible program. It's also a way of, of developing, um, you know, native, native plants, helping people understand what happens when invasive species like, you know, blackberry and things like that, that are so fun to trim. Oh, they're really fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Great. But, but we're really excited about that program because it's grown so, it's, it's so, so uh, grown so well. But it also involves other, other, you know, other communities as well, and gives them an understanding of what's why it's important to maintain a natural habitat, and, and it makes a big difference not just for bird species, but also pollinator species as well. And it looks cool, you know, people's yards. And it does look cool. It, it looks <laughs> it so natural and normal. Like, wow, this yeah. is what it should look like. This is what it should look like. Yes, yeah. and we're pleased when we see driving around, we see these backyard habitat certification signs in some people's yards. It's kind of nice to see that that's actually it's yeah. a it's a growing program, and people are interested and involved. If somebody does want to find out more information about that, how do they how do they get more information and, and mm-hmm. make their backyard nice? Yeah, Matthew, you want to talk about that? It's it's you can just contact you know the backyard habitat program, but. The Backyard Habitat Program is in partnership with the Columbia Land Trust. It actually has its own independent website um, called backyardhabitats.org. And there you can enroll um, to be a part of the program. And when you do enroll, um, some of our volunteers will come out and they will do a site visit and just talk to you about what native plants really make sense in your backyard um, and really work with you long-term on setting up a strategy to meet the certification program uh, policies for that. And it is a multitude of things that are factored in um, having a water feature as such as a um, rain spout drain um, and making sure that you're not using pest harmful pesticides and really just being more holistic than just what native plants you're putting in your backyard. Right. And as we're talking about, um, Stuart did also bring up one other really important program that people should know about, which is our wildlife care center. It treats over 4,000 injured and orphaned animals every year. So if you're out in nature and you do find an injured and orphaned animal, you can always call Portland Audubon um, and we will help inform you about whether this animal is truly in need of um, help and being taken to our hospital. It's been a big part of our mission since our founding um, back in 1902 and is incredibly important. And as not only re-releasing injured and orphaned animals, but also in being a tool for being an educational program for the entire community where we receive over 10,000 calls each year. That's good. um, The really cool thing about the wildlife care program and the and the professional uh, staff that we have the caregivers is that they are sometimes the very first contact that people have with uh, wildlife is some kind of an injury they've right. seen a bird okay. that hit a window or they've seen a bird that you know has been predated upon or you know sometimes it may have been hit by their car and when they come to the wildlife care center our folks educate them about you know these human um, wildlife conflicts, how to avoid them in the future, things that they can do, you know, whether or not these fledgling bird that you see on the ground is one that has been abandoned or if that's just a stage of its development and maybe you should leave it in place, which is why the phones, phone calls that uh, we, we, our volunteers and staff do 
is really informative because it may save them time. You know, if, if you see an owl on the ground, it may just be a stage of its development and you shouldn't really take it. Uh, but if you see a fledged, you know, bird that's not quite fledged in its nest, it, it may have been abandoned. And our folks are able to educate people about that and help them understand more about the wildlife that's in their backyard in some cases. Yeah. Do you guys work with uh, larger uh, injured animals too? Like if someone finds a deer that's maybe been hit by a car or something? You know, our, our facility doesn't not have the capacity for those large animals. In, in most cases, we're working with animals that are maybe get large at some point, but they're not, okay. they're not adults. And, you know, we, we might work with mammals that are, young adults that have been abandoned uh, or their or their their parents have been predated upon so we may help to raise them to get them to the stage where they can go back into the wild but we're our facility is not set up to handle large large mammals large animals we're talking today with Stuart wells and matthew hushbeck with uh, portland audubon and you guys have a big fundraiser coming up pretty soon it's called the wild arts festival now which one of you wants to talk about the wild arts festival because it's a it's a cool event Sure, I'd be happy to talk about it. Okay. The Wild Arts Festival is really the connection of nature and art and how those two things intersect. It's a big festival over two days held on this year on December 10th and 11th at the Peter Stott um, or the Portland State Peter Stott's uh, Viking Pavilion. And we what happens is we bring in over 60 artists um, who range in different um, art styles from drawing and painting to uh, woodworking and metalworking, as well as um, jewelers and ceramics and um, different fabric uh, work in the arts field. And so it's really a great chance to see a variety of different art and you can go see it in advance. the catalog or the different artists that will be involved at our website, wildartsfestival.org. It's also a place where we have um, 23 authors who are going to be nature authors who are going to be signing their books and you'll be able to meet them between 12 and four on both Saturday and Sunday. And then we'll have a variety of silent auction items donated by the community and by some of the local and regional artists that are going directly to support Portland Audubon's work. That's great. And it's again, December, what are the dates again? It's December 10th and 11th. Okay. And it's quite a process that you do that you go through to choose the artists. Tell me about that, that jury process. Sure. Um, So we start early in the year, sending out an email to everyone who's asked to be included on our mailing list um, for um, the juror process. And we have six to eight jurors every year. And as we are looking at our organization holistically, we do make sure that we have a diverse pool of jurors who are deciding on um, which artists we're gonna invite in. We look at the artwork based on categories to make sure that we have a nice balance of and variety of art at the festival. And they grade um, five different pieces that the artists submit um, on a scale of one to five. And then um, we also look at the affordability of the art. So each artist is asked to give us a a variety of percentages for the prices of their piece, because we do want to make sure that it's a great place for everyone to come and get holiday gifts um, this year. Yeah. The timing couldn't be better, right? Yeah. We are smack dab in the middle of the holiday season already. (laughs) Um, Where can people get tickets? 
Sure. Um, they can get tickets at our website, wildartsfestival.org, or they can also purchase tickets on December 10th and 11th at Portland State um, at the Peter Stotts Viking Pavilion. So you can buy them at the door. Yes. Oh, very nice. Okay. Uh, Stuart, let me ask you, uh, what are some misconceptions maybe about Portland Autobahn? Some of the misconceptions? Well, I wouldn't call them misconceptions. There's just that our history is so uh, deep in Oregon and the work that we've done here that uh, as far as some of the things that, that uh, Matthew mentioned about uh, protection of the LA forest and our, our conservation initiatives and advocacy. But the thing that's really, to me, I found fascinating about Portland Audubon is the work that was done so many years ago that has put us in a position to address these emerging issues of climate change and, and to be uh, the, the um, stewards of, you know, green, green infrastructure and some of the programs that have, have come directly out of our wild, wildlife care center are the CATIO, you know, the Cat Safe at Home and the Bird Safe Windows. Those are the kind of things that we were able to become, become part of the infusion of this of uh, Oregon. In fact, the catio tour this year was one of the big event, you know, people could go around and see these catios that people had built. Yeah. But that came from observations of how many birds were being predated upon by feral cats, you know, and just getting that initiative. So I wouldn't say it's a misconception. I think it's just that we we can do, we can talk more about the successes of Portland Audubon and, the, and its rich history in Oregon. And, and had that work not been initiated years ago, Portland Audubon wouldn't be positioned as they are now to be a, a steward of where we need to, what we need to address as far as climate change and protecting the he- habitats and ecosystems here in, in Portland. In hey. You guys are doing such great work. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We've been talking today with Stuart Wells, Executive Director, and Matthew Hushbeck, Assistant Director of Development with Portland Audubon. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just search for Let's Talk Portland on the Odyssey app. Let's Talk Portland is an Odyssey Portland public affairs program. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.